0: are continuing in the Miracles series, and uh, it's been amazing so far to just, I think, launch us into this year, trusting God for more, trusting to see these signs and wonders, but ultimately not just for the sign, but uh, the wonder, which is really someone's life uh, being changed from death to life. Amen? So before we read from John 9, I just want to tell you a quick story. Um, you know, sometimes you see something and it becomes your belief, ultimately. It's something that it's, it's yours. I've seen it, so it must be true. I then turn that thing that I've seen into my story or whatever, and you even convince others. Um, maybe your wife and your son, uh, for example, in this case. And um, it goes well, um, but if you have no idea what I'm talking about, um, I'll tell you the story quickly. Last year, we were blessed with an amazing holiday to the Kruger Park. Um, so we love road trips, wimpy, you know, all the good stuff. Choose a lacquer like CD or a tape. Um, hit the road, yeah we go. Um, we get there, and the first thing that I realize is uh, I'm like, Kate, we're going to have to tone it down a little bit on the city side. The purple tracksuit is not winning with the car key and the camo. Um, these people are serious. So we get out the car, and I start, start realizing, you know, throughout the week, people sort of disappear, and then they come back up, and uh, we find these hides. I think there were three of them. And uh, Susan, Donnie's wife, also gave us a book, which is amazing. You can tick off the animals that you see. And we saw a bunch of them, uh, including uh, a uh, springbok. Um, we saw uh, a whole school of springbuck. Um, I think a few times, actually. I remember this lady was, was saying to us, um, listen, um, you know, as we got into the hide, she's like, so what have you seen? I'm like, elephant, giraffe, other stuff, birds, um, amazing hippos, which I wanted to see. It's quite impressive. And... Um, and lots of Springbok. Actually, in fact, look over there. There's a whole gang right now. She didn't even look. Uh, her expression was more like, go home. Um, <laughs> go away. We don't need you. And um, So by the way, sometimes when we, when we see these things, uh, even though the book didn't actually have Springbok in, Sometimes authors make mistakes. And in this case, it was obviously an outdated book. Um, so when we got home, I was convinced, because I actually even said to Jono, look, look, you see how they spring? <laughs> That's why they're called springbucks." And he's like, yes. And he's telling everyone, go look at the springbuck." Um, when we came home, I have a, a friend who's, who's not shy to be truthful in my life. And uh, he said, there's no such thing in the spring, but there's no such buck in the Kruger. Uh, That is an impala. Um, But what I saw, I I believed. And even though it wasn't in the manual, the manual was wrong. And it became my reality. And that's sometimes what we do. We see something, and it might not be the truth, It might not be right, but we make it our right. We make it our belief. And uh, I'm here to tell you tonight that my friend was right. There is no (laughs) springbok in the Kruger Park. So we might have sight, but are we able to see? That is my question for all of us. We may have sight, but are we able to see? So let's read John 9, verse 1 to 7. I want to ask you to, as we do this, I'm going to actually read alone, I want to ask you to close your eyes, just as we read these seven verses. Let's close our eyes, or at least you. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud with his saliva, he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and he said to him, Go and wash in the pool of psyllium, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So just very quickly, I think sometimes, thank you, you can open your eyes. This man's reality was what you faced now for 15 seconds. From birth, no sight. You can't reference color. You can't speak to him about you know, how beautiful the sun sets. Anything like that, he's kind of like, I'm glad, I'm happy for you, but I'm blind. He has no sight, and this is his reality. The disciples are hanging out with Jesus. They're living with him. They are seeing stuff. It's incredible. For almost three years now, they are witnessing miracles, and it's beautiful, and it's powerful. And they see this moment, and their view uh, and response to it is so different to Jesus. I just want to say the Jewish people, I think still today, but especially then, they were, as we know, they were ruthless about their customs and laws and traditions and certain things. And in this case, very much so with regards to the outcome of the story. They realize, you know what, Jesus for us is like a moral judge, so this man's blind, so obviously they sin because he punishes in that way. That's what happens. We are convinced that's their reality, what they see. But this man was born blind so who is being punished? Jesus doesn't see the way the disciples are seeing. And in fact, the way he sees affects the way he speaks. You know, you've heard that saying what your heart's full of, your mouth will speak. I think that's how it goes. But it's true. Whatever we believe, even a silly thing like the springbuck, I was convinced. Uh, but there, there's no such thing, apparently. Uh, at least there but that was my belief that's what I saw and my mouth agreed with my heart so these disciples are walking around Uh, some things to think about as we read these verses is the fact that Jesus sees an opportunity for his God for his father to be glorified he sees a future and he sees a current condition but he knows that this is not the end of the story the disciples are seeing this man and they just wanna know like, what's happening behind the blindness. Was it, his, was it, it was his parents? Or was it him? What did he do? He's blind. There's a condition and there's sin. And we know how God works, he's a moral judge, so he's punished this man. I mean, that's how it is. They don't ask Jesus to heal the man, they ask Jesus to explain his condition. But I love the way Jesus sees and I love the way he's seeing tonight, us. He sees into our lives and he sees a story that's continuing and it might not be where it's, uh, you know, in its perfection or it's not complete, but it's on the way. When he's in it, when he's the center of it, everything changes. And it certainly changed for this man. Now, you have to understand that what Jesus did was on a day that you shouldn't do this. And I love that because he knew about the traditions and he knew about the customs and the laws and all these things, but he was saying, you know what? This man is worth breaking through this man-made stuff to get to. He will reach into his situation, which he often does in our lives, and not say, you know what, you come to me, you first sort a few things out, there's a few things that I'm asking you to just take care of, especially that one thing, we all know what that thing is, and, and make sure that when you approach me, you know, that stuff's sorted, and then we can talk. He's like, I'll meet you where you are. These Pharisees had this idea that this guy cannot be of God because he's sinning. He's doing stuff on the day that you should not do it, and he's just absolutely going crazy, doing whatever he wants. Certainly, he cannot be of God. And they knew the Bible really, really well. Exceptionally well. They knew the Bible. They could quote many verses. They could... I don't know how big their Bible was, but they, they pretty much knew all of it, I think. And the, the difference is that they knew the Bible... Um, They just didn't know the Bible. And it's such a small journey, but it makes the world of difference and it affects the way we see. I just quickly wanna go on a side note, just break away from this particular story and speak about something that I I think uh, I love picturing this whole scenario because in Matthew 14, And we spoke about it a few, I think two weeks back, feeding of the 5,000. Now, we know it was 5,000 men with their ladies and some kids, so maybe it was 12,000. I'm not actually sure. But there was a bunch of people, at least two to three tons of food. Apparently, on a cruise ship, it takes two to three tons to feed 6,000. I think that's a day. We need to eat less. Anyway, that's the other side note. Matthew 14, the feeding of the 5,000. Their question to Jesus is, how are we gonna feed all these people? When we are waiting to see first and then believe, it affects the way we act, the way we live, and the way we speak. So they are waiting to, to see what's gonna happen. They run to Jesus. They're like, uh, uh, Rabbi, they are hungry. They're getting hangry. Some of them are looking at me like I could be eaten on a braai. We need to feed them, we need to make a plan, something needs to change. And we all know the outcome, get some baskets. Bring me what you have. Has Jesus not asked you that before? I love how he's like, you don't have to feed the 5,000, and I am stealing that, but bring me what you have. And we see the outcome is not just that everyone was like, you get a a role and, and you get to you, Unfortunately, you get to smell the fish because there's not a lot left. You know, um, they ate their full, it says, and there were 12 baskets left. So I'm like, okay, cool. They've just experienced this. This is amazing. Now the very next chapter, not 19 chapters later, because I think that would have been almost understandable because then we start seeing that, you know here in Matthew 14 this you know feeding of the 5000 happens um, a whole bunch of miracles and stuff happens and no the very next chapter feeding of the 4000 we don't often hear about the uh, 4000 feeding and i don't actually know if there were total 4000 or if it was 4000 men and then plus probably but regardless same Thing, same story, same outcome, same question. They see this and they're waiting to see and then believe. So they run to Jesus and not say, okay, we got this. We know how he rolls when it comes to rolls. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome to use it. I must say, he's, he's literally like, Jesus, so there's a bunch of people, and he's like, sure, this sounds familiar. Uh, how are we going to feed all these people? Okay, so get some baskets, get some fish, and get some rolls, and, and let's do it again. Like that, like that song, do it again. Let's, let's do it again, and he does, because that's just what he does. And there's leftovers, and these people are fed, and it's a a beautiful thing. The disciples ask the same question, because they are still in that place, even though they are walking with, living with, seeing all these things, they're still in that place of not fully believing. They still want to see, just want to make 100% sure, what are we doing here? And we ask God those questions quite often. I just want to know, you know, just show me, give me a sign. Give me a hint or a date. Just give me something that I can hold on to. And uh, thinking about Peter being called out of the boat, you know, what a moment. I love the way sometimes we read about these things as though it happens often. It's like, Donnie, remember three weeks ago when I walked on water? Uh, It was a chilly morning. You know, we don't stand still in these things. Sometimes it's just good to pause and realize that these miracles, just in themselves, for example, the feeding of the 5,000, that's crazy amazing. And that's who he is. And I love the fact that the outcome of these miracles was not just the sign. So, back to our story. What's the outcome of this miracle? I think this guy's had a bit of a day because he's woken up blind and he's found his way to where he sits and does what he did. And now he has, he has this encounter with Jesus. And now he can see. Then his neighbors are like, that's, no, that's not him. He has to convince them somehow. He's like, mom, dad, please just come help. No one believes what's happening. Tell them I'm your son. And they are like, yes, this is our son thank you so much, bye-bye. You're on your own because they don't want to get kicked out of the synagogue. You tell them. He'll tell you, thank you so much. See you later. Don't forget the hummus. And they, they go home and he's on his own. And he's like, okay, I don't know what to do. Now the Pharisees are involved and it's getting loud and rowdy and he's starting to realize this is not going well. And eventually I can almost see how he's just like, everybody, shush, keep quiet. This morning, I couldn't see. And I don't know if this man is a sinner like you say. I don't know. I don't know him. But what I do know is I couldn't see, but now I see. My reality of this man is that I was blind, but now I see. The miracles that Jesus performed back then and the miracles that he's doing today uh, it reveals God's heart and it reveals his mission and it's it's never really been about the miracles it's always been about the people that's why he wasn't worried what day it was he saw a man and he saw a need he saw here is an opportunity for God's glory to be revealed for this man's life to change And to be turned around. And not only did this end at sight, because we may have sight, but can we see? Later on, he meets this man again, and we know this incredible outcome of Jesus asking him, Do you believe? And after everything that's happened, he's like, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord, I believe. And his life is changed eternally. That's what his heart and his mission is. Not only restoring our sight, because from a spiritual point of view, we are all born blind. We don't have sight. I think that's why very often it feels like when we're going into and about life, like we keep going around the same loops, Ask me, my 20s were all about trying to get different results but doing the same really not so good things and hoping for a better outcome, hoping maybe this time this relationship will be better, maybe this thing or that stage or whatever it might be that we try and find our solution and our hopes, but we stumble and we fall because we can't see. And Jesus is saying, I am the only way. And I love the fact that he is the only way. There's nothing, and we need to settle this truth, nothing that we can do to win our way back, to earn what he has done. At this point, Jesus is close to the cross. He knows what's coming. He knows that his life needs to be laid down so that we can have life. And he knows that it's worth it because there's this desperation in the mission for our lives and our futures in him. And the beautiful truth that three days later, the Holy Spirit's like, wake up. And he's seated next to God. And now he's praying and interceding for us. And he's still saying, see, I want him to see. I want to open her eyes I want to step into that situation. The Holy Spirit is here, and He does things, and He moves, and He calls us. doesn't matter where we've been. doesn't matter where He finds us. He's like, I'll step into the darkest of your dark. We can, on another day, maybe compare stories. We all have dark stories. And to be honest with you, I don't think (laughs) there's really, you know, that list of, well, I used to do these things. Does it really matter in his sight? He's like, I don't even see it. I see a need. I see a child and I see a future. I see an opportunity for God to be glorified in your life. So, the kingdom of God, we often hear that, you know, with regards to ours, it's seeing is believing. And in God's kingdom, I really believe and You know, from all these things and even what we read tonight, God's kind of saying, no, guys, it's believe and then you'll see. It's just changing that. And I know he's wanting to restore sight. He's the restorer of sight. He opens up the eyes of the blind. He gives us the ability to see clearly. What I love is the fact that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate when it comes to just pulling us closer, or maybe as you sit there, there's something that's happening and you're not even sure what it is right now. I believe that's God just speaking to you and calling you and maybe speaking to you about saying, I want to open your eyes tonight because we don't have to keep going around the same mountain over and over and you don't have to keep stumbling and falling over the same stuff and just saying, you know what, I'm only human. We have the ability in him to have sight, to see clearly where we're going, to know that he's with us, to know that he didn't lay down his life for us to continue around the same stuff, but he laid down his life so we can have life in him, so we can have sight. You can uh, play that, play that music. Um, I just wanna ask us as we sit here, is there an area of your life, you know God speaking to you about that area right now? There's an area, there's maybe something that you know, I need Jesus, I need to see. I wanna ask you a question, how do you see others? How do you see those people that you are praying for or in your connect group? How do you see people in the street? You know, people we are trusting for. This is the city that God has put us in. How do we see the people in the city? What is our mouths saying? Is our heart full of certain things and therefore that's what it's saying? Can we change that tonight? Can our mouths start aligning with our prayers? for this city, for this congregation, for what God's doing, but also for you. I wanna ask you even a step closer, how do you see yourself? Just before, you know, that moment you see in the mirror, you look at yourself just before you brush your teeth, I don't know what we all say, you know, some of us might be on the complete opposite side of the scale and kind of saying, yep, you're doing well, and that's, that's okay. I suppose uh, we can pray with you as well if it's outside of Jesus but I want to speak to those who are seeing themselves and, and believing certain things like it's because of you you're the mistake you did it again why don't you just stop give up what's the point I love the way Jesus sees us tonight, and it doesn't matter where you come from, what's happened in your life. I want us to, in this moment, just realize that he's looking not at those things, he's looking at you. So we might have sight, but are we able to see and I want to pray for us tonight if, if there's some of you here who's unable to see at all and you have never given your life to Jesus, as, as I ask that we just close our eyes in this moment, just a personal moment between you and God right now. He's doing something in your life. He's calling you closer. He's saying it's time. I want to open your eyes to give you sight. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, And you know this is the night I'm going to change that. Why don't you just raise your hand. Secondly, I want to ask that if you're feeling like I am tired of running around the same thing, hoping for a different result, I'm tired of trying to figure things out on my own, God, I need you. When people ask you how things are, you know, we've got that famous response, fine, thanks, to you. But deep down, you're screaming, help me, somebody see me, and he's seeing you tonight. If you are trusting for him to move in your life and to restore sight where it's maybe there, but it's like a fog that's hanging over your sight, and it's just hard to see, I wanna ask you to stand. And then a last group, those who are seeing, but you know you want to see differently when it comes to looking at people, looking at our work colleagues, at those that we are studying with, at people in this city, and you know, God, I want you to help me to see the way you saw. I want you to stand. Can I ask that you just open your hands to receive, and I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence. Holy Spirit, I ask that you just come and touch these lives and hearts right now. Come and open the eyes to see the way that you see, to be able to know that you go with us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you give us the strength not having to go around the same things over and over again, but freedom, And life found in you because of the price that you paid for us. Because of what happened on the cross. When you said it is finished, I want to thank you that tonight we can pray it is finished over our lives. We don't have to try and work our way back, but just believe so that we can see. God, come and touch hearts now in this moment.